My name is Amanda. And I'm Kristen. And, and we, we are, are the Extra Sisters. Sisters. So sit back, relax, and let's get creepy. Welcome to another installment of 100 Years of Horror. And in this installment, we are going to, through the second half of the 1960s. So we are going to start with 1965 and go through 1969. And Kristen, if you would like to start us off, you are first. Absolutely. So our first movie starting out in 1965 is a British film by Roman Polanski, which we actually have two films of his. Yes. And this one is Repulsion. Yes. It is repulsive. <laughs> so I'm just going to say this whole section wasn't great on movies. Yeah, it was like a very, there's obviously one like standout for me, which everybody will know because we've already done an episode on it that we'll talk about when we get there. But it was a very like middle of the road kind of like meh section for sure. Yeah, exactly. So Repulsion is all about a woman who lives with her sister in London and she is terrified of men. Even you see her at points walking down the street and there are men in front of her and she just acts differently. She starts to cave in on herself. She just doesn't like being around them. But she's also fairly agoraphobic and it gets to the point where her sister goes out of the country with her boyfriend. They go on a little trip and this woman is left alone in their apartment, and she just starts to spiral. I don't know exactly mentally what she has going on, if she's bipolar or schizophrenic. Something's going on, though, because she starts to just lose it. She ends up killing two men in that apartment before her sister gets home. Yes, and I definitely agree with you on the agoraphobic thing, because I think, you know, the fear of men is definitely, she has, like, these fantasies of, uh, okay, let me rephrase that. They're not fantasies. These, like, fears of being raped. And she has these visions of being raped of, you know, throughout this film. And then the, there's this man that really wants to take her out and is very pushy and even breaks down the door of her apartment at one point. And then this landlord that comes and she's short on rent and actually starts to, you yeah. know, like the start of a rape scene. And the thing is, like with this film is I felt... It didn't age very well, in my opinion, because yeah, we all know Roman Polanski. Even Family Guy has made jokes about Roman Polanski being an abusive asshole. So it's yeah. like he made a horror film for men about a woman killing men. And it didn't really seem like it was that off base. Like a, a guy literally like ran through her front door and broke it down to get to her to beg for her to go out with him. And she killed him. And I was like, I mean... Yeah, she was, like, coming unhinged with her fear of men and being around people in general. And then this other guy tried to rape her, and then she killed him as well. And I was like, okay, but, like, that's not that scary because fair. <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean? right. So, you know, like, yes. Now, I did like the music. You know, in the beginning, there's this fluttery, like, jazz music going on. And she's, like, you know, walking around, and it's, like, very music you know and then later on as she's coming more unhinged the music gets much more aggressive and abrasive and it's definitely like an ode to her losing her sanity and slipping more and more into this fear and killing men now but it's certainly in my opinion was less of a horror movie and just like a woman scared of men which is kind of just you know a thing <laughs> I, right. I, I think you know so yeah it was a in a essence more of a macabre look at i don't know like you know horror elements of like murder and the, the murders were gruesome in essence yes you know yeah yeah i mean one guy gets hacked to death with a straight razor like that's a tough one that yeah sucks. yeah for sure and then you know her sister has to find the bodies and she looks fucked up at the end but then even at the end like 
her sister's boyfriend looks at her in some type of way when she's basically in shock and it's yeah, and smiles like, at her and he's like oh she's so pretty and cute when she's sleeping and not crazy yeah it's like showing trying to show her as like the scary murderer but really it's just like these are men that are predators and deserve to die <laughs> yeah and she needs someone to take care of her her sister needs to stop leaving on these trips yeah oh, like somebody, he needs help like and i know asylums were like not the answer in like the 50s and 60s and even up until more modern times but you know like yeah. we need to address this with this poor girl or maybe exactly. she just start telling people she's a lesbian or get like a beard you know like a girlfriend <laughs> or something like exactly not, you know but yeah i mean she even makes a point she works in a profession where it's mostly women she's a manicurist like especially yeah. in the 60s men didn't go do that yeah and like i now i will say there were some you know horror themes that like i can't you know being but then again like it is still a thing that women are scared to do like you know walking home being scared of men like you know rowan plansky's like oh let's how scary this would be like if you had this like inherent just like phobia of men just having to be around them all the time and, and i was kind of sitting there like yeah like you know this is definitely on the the scale of like extremes but there are women who have been through things and it even shows later in the film a picture of her looking at her father like he definitely hurt her when she was a child like this is real for a lot of women so yeah i mean i don't know of anything that has happened in my life but to get real personal i am terrified of men yeah like even when i was younger i remember walking in blockbuster with my mom and if a guy around like his 20s was around i would be like freaking out yeah so. well, and especially you growing up with a single mom who you know you didn't you weren't ever around men and exactly it's like you know and especially with this woman who had been abused by her father which is it implies like she's traumatized this is like very real for a lot of women so it, it's like yeah it's a horror movie but also it's a social conversation mm -hmm. and that, that but for roman flansky to do it was kind of interesting so you know just like yeah I don't know. It's kind of an interesting start to the, this one because it, I don't know, it just didn't really feel like a horror movie to me because I was like, yep, good job, good job, good job. <laughs> you know, like, good, right, you exactly. Know, whatever. So, yeah, this was his first English film, which I thought was kind of interesting. First English mm -hmm. language film. And you can also definitely tell that he has a fucking type because the mm -hmm. lead female character looks almost exactly like Sharon Tate. Kind of creeped me out. Yeah. Yeah, and definitely skipping ahead a little bit, you know, we talk about Rosemary's Baby, 468, and Mia Farrow doesn't look exactly like this, especially because, in, like, she continues to, like, lose it, but in the beginning, when she's very put together, she's got that blonde hair and the big eyes, and, you know. Right, exactly. It's interesting. So, moving on to 1966, we have a Dracula film, and it is called Dracula, Prince of Darkness, and it stars Christopher Lee as Dracula. And this film has a lot of the mirroring of most Dracula films in general, and a lot of the themes, but it also differentiates enough to be interesting to why you're not sitting there like, oh my god, I've seen so many Dracula films. Mm -hmm. I'm so incredibly bored. <laughs> but it centers around there are two couples that go on vacation and they are in this pub basically and before they start their next day they run into this priest and he gives them basically one warning and he's like hey you're going into this town do not go to the castle like do not do it <laughs> so what do they fucking do 
fucking go to the castle go to the castle like <laughs> it's a group of white people what do we do we do exactly, exactly what we're not supposed to do and why wouldn't we and there, like a lot of the mirror things i'm talking about is one the townspeople are terrified and you get one specific example of this when they're whoever's driving their carriage won't drive them any further and he says i'm gonna pick you up here at dawn tomorrow because i'm not going any further than this because he's terrified so they either have the option of sleeping in this little hut on the side of the road, which granted it is not ideal, right? Especially yeah, and these are rich people. I was about to say, especially for these well-to-do people. Like, yeah. They're like, ew, gross. It's like a shack on the side like, of the road. Exactly. Why like, would they? Totally. I'm not like sleeping in there. Exactly. Like, <laughs> ew, it's got spiders. <laughs> like, you know, why would they do that? So they're like, well, okay, so there's the castle that we were explicitly told by a priest not to go into. But it Let's looks see. nice and cozy. Let's go. Well, like, castle <laughs> or hut? Castle or hut? We're rich. Castle, obviously. Exactly. So we go to well, the castle. But the <laughs> castle, it looks real spooky. But, like, when they walk in, there's, like, dinner being prepared by someone that you don't see the candles are all lit and everyone is like oh fucking sweet except for miss helen who's you know just one of the wives and she's like this is not right this is not cool we need to leave she's like spooked but not just like in like the womanly like hey like maybe we should leave she's like adamant you know she's not being yeah. to, but she's like oh my god we need to fucking leave like we are this is we are not supposed to be here this is scary as fuck yeah i was like listen to her yeah she's right <laughs> and then this spooky motherfucker comes in and his name is clove and that's just like the scariest name like <laughs> if somebody was like my master is dead, but he wants me to welcome you. He asked me to keep the castle well, like welcoming for guests, even in his death. And my name is Clove. I'd be like, nope. Uh-uh. Absolutely, <laughs> Absolutely not. not. Absolutely not. We are going <laughs> right now because your name is Clove and you have a dead master, but you're still doing all this first. No. Mm-mm. But no, they have a nice dinner that Clove prepares, and they all decide to just sleep there. But Clove is Dracula's bitch. So in the beginning, you saw that Dracula had actually been defeated, and actually that was Van Helsing that defeated him in the beginning, as I did more research into this. Yes, because Van Helsing actually isn't a character in this other than in the very beginning we actually have another character which is the priest that stands in as the van helsing character but they did do a little ode to van helsing in the beginning and dracula was defeated by sunlight so dracula is a pile of ashes (laughs) and poor helen is scared to death this evening when she's sleeping in this fucking castle and her husband hears some shit and he goes and investigates and that was the wrong move because Clove is like, I'm going to use you to bring Dracula back by using his blood to pour over Dracula's ashes. And that does bring Dracula back. Yeah, which is very Anne Rice way to do it. I feel like this is something she would have written. I mean, he they dangle him upside down over his ashes and bleed him out. And that's, that's it, pretty like spooky. Said, there's like a lot of things that this movie does. It's very like, at least especially up to this point, And even in more modern, you know, vampire movies is different. Mm-hmm. Well, it's not like we've seen this done a bajillion times in vampire shows or movies. Mm-hmm. So, and Christopher Lee is, like I said, Dracula in this, and he's spooky. He is so much scarier than Bella Lugosi. So much creepier. Yeah. 
he's like because Bella Lugosi was very suave and he yeah. talked he, Christopher Lee does not talk at all he doesn't say anything his eyes are totally bloodshot I don't know he's it's, very spooky yeah. that repulsion is the only one in black and white in this the half of the decade so we're in color from here on out so hopefully that'd be cool yeah they could well yeah well at least in this the 60s at least in this section (laughs) yeah they they could do a lot with his look and his eyes i was watching this with brad and i was like "Ooh, look at those blood vessels like so red and spooky looking so he tries to his mission right now is to get helen so in a lot of the dracula films another thing that mirrors is he has these female basically accomplices and so he goes and unfortunately the woman that was most terrified to be there is now basically his yeah poor girl yeah poor helen (laughs) and we have our other couple charles and diana they they can't find their friends they're just gone so they obviously they leave the castle but that doesn't last very long because Clove is like, no, no, no. You have to come back. They find Alan's dismembered body, which is obviously shocking. But it's like, <laughs> okay, you, they're like, oh my God, we were told not to go there. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I know that that doesn't like take away from, you know, finding your friend's dismembered body in a crypt. But also, but, don't fucking go there. Also, don't do that. <laughs> and now you have brought this dracula to life and you know and then helen attacks diana the and you know and and that's got to be real hard you know seeing your friend is right dracula lackey undead i think (laughs) you know vampire as a term there but they go to flee to this monastery where they meet this priest now the priest like i said is acting as our van helsing character and Diana eventually comes into contact with Dracula and has her drink from his chest, which, you know, I don't read a lot of paranormal romance, but I feel like that would be some shit that gets a lot of people off, you know? Yeah, probably. I mean, I do read a lot of paranormal romance and it's in there. I was about, I knew it. (laughs) (laughs) I watched that and I was like, oh, people love that shit, I bet. Yeah. Drinking from vampire drinking blood from like a sexy Dracula. Yeah, that's that's a Hey, I am a vampire girl. I'm ready. Let's go find him. I knew it. I just knew <laughs> it. <laughs> Kristen is like I volunteer as tribute. Exactly. I am down. So and, and just like the Dracula from the thirties, you know, now we have to go save a woman you know, it gets carried away. Mm-hmm. So Charles and the priest and the priest has some vampire knowledge like he's seen some shit you know yeah. how to deal with this and basically they they chase him and something i really liked about this is they do get helen and they do stake her through the heart which was actually they since this was in color and they could do some more stuff it's actually pretty gory I, mm-hmm, there was it was which i appreciated but with dracula they did something that i've never seen in a vampire film before now again i haven't really gotten much into vampires as my co-host here but (laughs) i didn't really know much about this but they actually drowned him in icy water to kill him which was to save her which is was interesting because i'd never seen that yeah it was i really liked that touch because you don't see it a lot in movies it's that old folklore thing with vampires if anybody knows of they can't cross running water that's how they kill them he'll so he's actually on 
a sheet of ice, like a lake, and they shoot holes in it, and it causes the water to run, and he can't walk around. So they kind of just corner him, and then he falls through the ice. That was a really good thing, because they don't do that a lot in vampire lore anymore. Yeah, and so I liked that it wasn't just, you know, there were a lot of things that mirrored, like like I said, the Dracula movies. They even had a character that, you know, let him in. He was not, I keep thinking Igor, but it's not Frankenstein. <laughs> yeah, that? it's like the Renfield character. Renfield, yes, yes, exactly. They had one of those that let him in, I think, to the Abbey, not the mm-hmm. Monastery, but you know what I mean. And so they had some similar things, but they did enough, like I said, enough that was different that kept it interesting. It was not like my favorite movie I've seen in these hundred years before, but it was enjoyable enough, and I definitely recommend giving it a watch if you can find it easy enough, you know. Yeah, definitely. I didn't feel like my time was wasted or anything, which, you know, that can't be said for other movies on this list. In right. this section. So, that being said, how about you move up into 67? <laughs> yeah, so moving on to 1967, that Dracula Prince of Darkness was also a British film, so now we have our third British film. Right, we're the Sorcerers. Brits in the 60s. <laughs> it's interesting because we were also doing, that was true for music as well in the 60s. So Yeah, exactly. Having their moment right now. Right. So we have The Sorcerers from 1967, and Boris Karloff is our lead, which is great. Mm -hmm. He gets one last horror film because he was actually 79 when he did this, and I looked it up. He would be dead in two years. So that was really Mm -hmm. cool. He got one last one in. Yeah. So The Sorcerers, I'm just going to say overall, I think it would be better. I think it'd be great if they remade this. This would be a great idea to remake this film. I agree. It sits at a hundred, sorry, at an hour and twenty five minutes, and honestly, it probably was one of those where it should have been an hour, and they kind of stretched it because mm-hmm. some of these scenes are really, really long. And they don't need to be. Yeah. So the sorcerers is about an elderly couple, Boris Karloff and his wife, and he is a famous hypnotist, and he has found out a way to control minds, and they want like a, a last hurrah. They're in their eighties. They're probably gonna die soon and they know that they want to last hurrah so they convince a younger guy in his 20s maybe teens still like maybe 19 ish they convince him to let them hypnotize him because it's going to be like the next great drug and they do they end up controlling his mind throughout the whole thing and boris karloff's wife gets more and more into it until she gets to the point where she wants competitions with her husband on controlling this poor man into killing people Basically, she says if Boris Karloff can win, then he won't kill these people. If she wins, then she will kill these people. And this poor kid ends up having these blackouts when the older folks are controlling him. And he ends up killing multiple people. At the end, Boris Karloff knows that he has to defeat his wife as well. So he ends up killing all three of them. He, the kid is in a car and he's racing the cops. And Boris Karloff ends up flipping his car and it burns him burns the kid alive and in turn because we have found out through the film that they can feel everything he feels if he gets hurt they get hurt like there's a point where he gets a scratch and so does the couple so anything even bad that happens to this kid is going to happen to this couple so when he burns alive in this car so does the elderly couple yeah she even makes him kill one of his friends at one point and it's like you know she talks about you know we've been you know good all this time and just doing what we're supposed to be doing and it's time to get ours and the steals of her coat and it's like you know it it's yeah. just like i you know i get the sentiment of you know doing everything right your entire life and you know you've ha- had an okay life but you could have done more and had more and 
you know, but it's, it's really sad because they kill this young man, you know, for essentially nothing. Yeah, it's definitely interesting to see the different, the age gap and the generation gap, because there's a point when the older woman talks about how she saw someone get caught and got a ticket for speeding, and she goes, oh my god, wouldn't it be amazing to speed? Well, that makes sense. This is the 60s. They're, say, in their 80s. They've probably never really sped in a car. They also live in London. They probably don't even really drive. They can just walk everywhere. Right. Everything's so close together. Yeah, so it makes sense on why they would want would want to relive something like that or live it for the first time. Like even yeah. there's a point when they're in a swimming pool and they can feel him swimming and stuff like that. And that's really cool. But there are points where it is a lot long. Like when mm-hmm. he's first hypnotized, you as the audience are going through exactly what he's going through. And you are assaulted with these sounds and lights for way too fucking long. Oh my god, if you're epileptic, don't do it. Like, yeah, do not. That, like flashing lights and stuff, don't do not do it. Do not do it. There are a lot of cultural things that were in this that I really like. So I actually looked it up in 1967 was the year of the summer of love. So this was the height of the hippie movement. And you can definitely feel it, especially when the younger guy is going out with his friends to this club a lot. You can so feel it in the dress and the hairstyles and the music and all of that. You know, there was a lot going on in the 60s, especially in the United States, that I do not agree with, obviously. do not condone. But the 60s is one of my favorites to watch on film. The Mm -hmm. makeup and the clothing, especially in the hair, is just like one of my favorites to look at. It's definitely i i love the 60s in general just watching film from that era is super fun agreed and they there's so much in this that i i just wrote it all down so they mention at one point that one of the girls he's dating this one girl and she is on the pill and he mentions it to her and i thought that was really interesting because i looked it up the pill actually came out in 1960 this is only 1967 this is still fairly new technology and it's, you know, still controversial, which I thought was really cool. And that's how you know it's like a free love era because they're just like the, talking about the pill like it's no big deal. But even now, exactly. sometimes people are against birth control. So Exactly. Yeah. And it's just another one of those things. You have this elderly couple and you have this really young man. And it's like they never could have even conceived of thinking about the pill existing when they were younger. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, pretty cool. It's definitely like one of those films, like, again, it's like a lot of these films that we're talking about this era. It's one of those where it is good. Like, it's just, it's, it's got, these all have high scores. Like, again, we're talking about like top rated films from these times. We're not talking about films that we just like picked out of a hat for these specific years. These are highly regarded horror films. So when we say like, yeah, it was like, okay, like, no, they're great film. It's just like, when you are watching all of these great films compared to other great films, like this one was just like less exciting or like had like, it was just not as like, you know, technically done. It's a great film, but it was just less, it was just more boring, I guess. Like when you're sitting and watching a shit ton of horror all the time, it's just like, you know, like this one was pretty good. It wasn't like, it didn't blow my mind, I guess, you know? Yeah. I didn't feel like it wasted my time at all, but there were some things that pissed me off. Like, I talked about this club they keep going to. There is a singer who's there almost every single night. And I'm sure she's probably seen our main character from afar, but that's probably it. He ends up stopping her in the club and she goes with him, doesn't tell any of her friends that she's leaving. She goes with him in a cab to a dark fucking alley where he kills her. 
Are you insane? What are you doing? She even looks creeped out. What the fuck are you doing with a random stranger down an alley? Yeah, I don't really, I mean, I have a couple thoughts. It would be one that is on the patriarchy and women needing to be polite, even mm-hmm. in, like, you know, sacrificing their own safety. Or I don't know, she thought he was cute. I don't, I don't know. You know, like, yeah. or the, the movie was just like, I don't know, do it, throw it in there. He, she needs to be killed. <laughs> right, exactly. I, I, she's so creeped out. She even goes, what are we doing here? Why are we going down this dark alley? It's like, then don't fucking do it. What are you doing? I would never turn, like, if a guy was like, oh, it's just like right down this dark alley, I'd be like, I'll catch you on the other side of that dark exactly. alley. <laughs> I'm going to stay on this side with the lights. <laughs> out, uh, you tell me where we're going and I'll meet you there. <laughs> Yes. I walk by myself. Thank you. Or uh, I'm gonna call three of my best friends and we'll meet you there in an hour. Exactly. Exactly. No, thank you. You know, but again, this is also like you know that free love. Like I think the danger was had you know was had fallen. Uh, that's fucking true. I mean, look, we have the '70s coming up, which was you know so yeah, prolific yeah. with fucking serial killers. So yeah. the yeah. danger hadn't been quite you know instilled yet so. that makes sense i she guess but y'all did have jack the ripper i'm just saying <laughs> come on they had forgotten they'd done Fucking a lot hey. of <laughs> yeah so also our just want to throw it out there our main character works at an antique shop called the glory hole amazing 60s <laughs> amazing and my favorite part is the ending i told you guys the elderly couple ends up burning up because the guy in the car does and i was like hey now we have figured out where spontaneous human combustion comes from there we go you know speaking of spontaneous human combustion this is like a side story oh god do you know someone no not personally i was on tiktok the other day which is like you know most people know what tiktok is but if you don't they're just like one minute clips of like sometimes they're really stupid but like sometimes they can be funny and this one lady was talking about how literally she went to the hospital because she had burns like on her butt and they were like black holes and she had literally burned from the inside out and she's like <gasps> one of the few cases in the world of of spontaneous combustion Holy fuck, that's so uh, cool. Happy hour, spontaneous human combustion. <laughs> Let us interview you. Yeah. <laughs> she kind of blew up though. She had like like dozens of thousands, like 20, 30,000 likes. I don't know, maybe. but she kind of did a story time, so I guess she already did. Anyways, I just thought that was interesting. Mm. Like, right when you said that, I was like, oh my God, I just read, like, talk, heard a girl talk about that. And that's she crazy. Went, like, had spent like two months laying on her stomach and like getting grafts and stuff because oh like. Oh my God. Yeah, she almost died that's crazy yeah like fucking cool but creepy yeah fucking happens man anyways something else for you to fear when you lay awake at night that you could burn from the inside out exactly okay great so moving on to 1968 the shining star in my (laughs) opinion of the second half of the 60s is another roman polanski film and it is based on a novel called rosemary's baby i don't think anybody is surprised that (laughs) this is 1968 best of film and this is the second time i have seen this film the first time it was for our podcast last year we did have an entire episode on rosemary's baby so if you go back to year number one then you can listen to that episode so we probably won't talk a ton about this one but it's hard for me not to like it's a long it's a pretty long movie it's actually feels longer than it is but not in a bad way there are just so many like Scene. moving parts yeah exactly it, it's a lot so 
So this film, it, it deals with a lot of issues, which is why it's like right up my alley, because mm-hmm. we have, let me just go down the list here. And even I did more research since the last time I watched it, just digging into this film, because the first time I really liked it and it blew me away. And then the second time I was like, oh my God, there's just so much to unpack in this film. So let's go. We have mm-hmm. the occult. Y'all know I love the occult. We have fucking religious. She deals with, she struggles the whole time with her Catholicism. So y'all know I relate Mm -hmm. to that. My friend Ashley and I were on a church camp one time and I literally told God to smite me if this was all real. (laughs) Jesus Christ. He didn't. And I've been struggling ever since. (laughs) (laughs) God damn. Um, Women's liberation, paranoia, fucking Satan like demons y'all know i live for that shit so babies are gross like i don't know like <laughs> babies are gross. pregnancy is scary to me like borderline phobic of like not seeing pregnant women that doesn't really bother me at all i've, I've like, being watched, one yeah, being a pregnant woman <laughs> yeah, like i got over like because i actually watched my friend jessica shout out give birth <laughs> and like that was cool until she's shout out to your shout disgustingness out. yeah that was actually you know in the moment i was like oh my god go 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 you're doing it you know um <laughs> it, you know and that was cool that was amazing for me though like being pregnant is terrifying and so when like she has a demon baby like you know terrifying so anyways it deals with, there's just so much that this tackles and so it it just really hits me where everything hits me for a horror film but anyways, so if you haven't seen this, just a really quick rundown. And I'm missing so many plot points here because, again, we have the episode about it. And this is just a quick, like, this is what the film was about for this pack sense of, like, packing five movies into one episode. Mm-hmm. Young couple, Guy and Rosemary, they move into an apartment complex. They He's a struggling actor. And he has done a few things, but he never seems to, like, land the big part, right? And there across the hall neighbors are Minnie and Roman Kastovitz. And they're kind of the pain in the ass neighbors always up in everybody's business. (laughs) But basically, they're leaders of a satanic cult. And they need a healthy young woman to be raped by Satan and (laughs) usher in the son of Satan. And Guy completely betrays Rosemary and offers her up for this task in order to gain in fame and success basically now to do this it's not like rosemary is going to be willing to do this because she just wants a normal ass life and child obviously so they basically drug her but she doesn't like the mouse which is just a uh, mini cast of it makes this dessert that is drugged and she doesn't like the taste of it so she eats enough of it to like get sleepy and kind of pass out but she hides the rest of it because she doesn't want to eat it and she doesn't want her husband to know that she's being rude basically and not eating it and so she does remember a little bit about the being raped by satan so she goes through this pregnancy being in a terrible amount of pain and it not being normal at all and losing an insane amount of weight and being incredible like growing increasingly paranoid and even her OBGYN is in this insane cult and is isolating her don't read any books don't talk to your friends all of these weird things mm-hmm. men are going to make you these weird vitamin drinks you have to drink every single day so they're controlling her isolating her they continue to drug her through her entire pregnancy she's in an insane amount of pain 
and uh, eventually she starts to catch on because one of her friends tries to warn her and then her friend is all of a sudden in a coma and dies yeah so, you know and all of these very witchy culty things happen and when she figures out that even her husband is involved she tries to go to someone for help and they obviously think that she is crazy and he turns her back over to them she has the baby and they basically take the baby from her they say that it died she knows that it hasn't she goes to find the baby and the entire fucking cult in their apartment she sees the baby and she's like what have you done to its eyes you know we get that scene and they basically say go be a mother to your child he has his father's eyes yeah hail satan (laughs) (laughs) and the last scene basically you think that she's going to kill the child because she's been carrying around this knife which is fair because she thinks that they're all crazy fucking demon witchy people which she's which they are (laughs) (laughs) but she just kind of rocks the cradle and that's how it ends now the whole time her husband has been like hoeing her out for success he's like we'll be fine the next one they promised me this we'll be living it up in beverly hills with the kids you just had to do this one thing you just had to have this one demon baby <laughs> it's not like you just ushered in the antichrist or anything exactly. but whatever it'll be fine and he can't even look at her the whole pregnancy he can't like touch the baby when it's moving and she just thinks she's having a normal ass fucking baby like jenny or andy you know and it's so sad like this whole movie is just so tragic and good and solid like i thought it would be boring the second time around like i even watched it like late at night because i thought oh i'll just fall asleep to it like it's it's not a big deal if i don't finish it because like you know i've watched it Mm -hmm. before nope i was still awake at 1 30 in the morning when it was over watching it Oh. Well, I mean, one thirty in the morning, damn. But I'm glad it held up for you. Yeah, it, it did. It did. And I really didn't think it would because it's kind of one of those movies where a lot of people, like, I could see it being, like, pretentious, you know, or whatever, and long and, you know. But it really mm-hmm. did. Like, it ha- again, but it ticks off all those things that I like in a film. So, that's yeah. That's awesome. I'm happy for you that because I know you loved that movie. I did. I did. It was one of my favorites of 2019, like out of all of the mm-hmm. films that we did. And I, I definitely will probably watch this on like a yearly basis. So yeah. Yeah. Definitely well, go listen to our episode about it. Yes, you should do that. But that, it's it's a lot. It's a lot. <laughs> it is. So moving on from the best movie on this list to the worst movie the on worst this movie. list. Which you wouldn't think given like the theme that it would be this. Good. Okay. So Moving on to 1969, we have a anthology film, which is the cool part of it was it was a crossover of American, France, and Italian directors and everything. So you Mm -hmm. actually have one that's in English, one that is in French, one that is in Italian. That was really cool. Mm -hmm. That's about the coolest part of it. So (laughs) this movie is called Spirits of the Dead, and it is an anthology film, and the three parts are Edgar Allan Poe stories, Mm -hmm. which also should be cool, right? Not. So, the first story, I'm definitely going to get the title wrong. It I is. Can't. I tried to, I can't. I don't know. Yeah. It's Metzengerstein. Metzengerstein, I think. I have no idea. <laughs> yeah. We have Jane and Peter Fonda in this, which that's cool, you know, bringing a little sibling bond. Yeah. And, I love them. <laughs> yeah. and this story is about 
Jane Fonda is the head of one castle, and her cousin next door is Peter Fonda, and he's the head of that castle. And he ends up dying one night because he loves these horses in his stable. And he goes in, there's a fire, he ends up dying to save them. Which, by the way, anybody wants to know how I will die, that will be it right there. Yeah. Yeah, so one of the horses quote-unquote escapes we actually don't know that because it doesn't look like any of the horses that we see in that scene but it is a beautiful black horse and it escapes and goes to jane fonda's castle where she is she's just disgusting (laughs) she's riding the horse one time she never has full clothes on the whole fucking time part of her debauchery (laughs) exactly she rides the horse one time in just a garter like goddamn okay yeah so she ends up just being completely enamored with this horse and she's gonna be the one to tame it and she just knows that this is her cousin for some unknown reason and she ends up also watching this tapestry of this horse that's being built in her home and that tapestry kind of gives us some insight into what's going to happen with the rest of the story And it ends up that she's trying to tame this horse and it takes her into a field while she's riding it and there's a thunderstorm and lightning catches all the grass on fire and they ride into the grass. And I'm assuming die, but you don't actually see her die and that's the end. Yeah, you can assume they die because they also bring in this like weird tapestry that's very like cryptic, but like, you know. Yeah. So that's the first story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I hate. I hate Jane Fonda. And... The fact that she was basically naked the whole time. Seriously? Seriously. Whatever. Moving on to the second story. We have William Wilson is the title of this one. And this... Yeah, this one. This one is about a man who has a doppelganger. Looks exactly like him. Has his same exact name. And he encounters him throughout his life. So it starts off with him as a child. And he's basically evil. I personally think that this this doppelganger is his conscience he's evil he you see him torturing a kid in elementary school you see him later on as a college student and he rapes a woman and we don't know for positive but i'm pretty sure murders her like he was getting ready to dissect her in front of his friends then we see him as an adult and he's in the army and while he's there he is gambling with a woman that you know he's already had a relationship with And he ends up cheating to win. Well, when he wins, he basically says he gets to have her any way he wants her, which he ends up whipping her. And then he almost hands her over to be raped and murdered, we assume. But the doppelganger comes back in and proves that he was cheating the whole time, which then his commander goes, oh, my God, you're allowed to rape, whip, beat, whatever. But as soon as you're cheating, you're out, which is ridiculous. But whatever. I mean... I mean, back then, I get it. I I hate it, but I get it. Men, you know. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. So, the William Wilson is tired of being thwarted by his doppelganger, and he races after him, and he kills him. And his doppelganger basically tells him as he's dying that he's also going to die. So, he races to a church and to the confessional and he confesses to the priest all of this stuff about his doppelganger and then ends up going to the top of the building falls off but when we see his body it is the exact same way that his doppelganger died he has a sword through him instead of just his body laying there which is why you think it's the conscience instead yeah. of yeah doppelganger yeah. well he seems to be all evil and his doppelganger seems to be good it kind of makes me think did they get split up what happened yeah, yeah like a Exactly. Yeah. 
that story was probably the best of them i think the yeah three. i liked the the like the whole vibe of it too like even as far as like the filming and everything of it the best personally like it just felt the most like horror and edgar Allan poe ish yeah in my opinion you know except for like there's one thing we'll get into it in the next one but yeah. like the creepiest part of it but like the yeah, so these are definitely quote unquote based on Edgar Allan Poe. They definitely change things. Yeah, and you know, then they even say like the poster says Edgar Allan Poe's ultimate orgy, and so like they're try- they were trying to make it like a sexy like I don't know like I I think that they just want to win about it like the wrong way. It's Edgar Allan Poe. Like, are you fu- you do you honestly think you can do better than that? God. <laughs> pretentious so this is the middle one the William Wilson was in French and that's probably the one that is closest to Poe's actual story now the last one is the one that is farthest from Poe's actual story I'll tell you Poe's actual story really quick basically so this one is called don't wager the devil your head and basically this story is it was a short story once again and it's just about a man who's walking with his friend and they happen upon the devil and the devil basically says there's like a cord that they can or a power line or something that this man tells the devil that he can jump over it and the devil goes no you can't he goes i bet you my head i can jump over it and he tries to jump over it and it cuts his head off and the devil takes his head that's the story it kind of reminded me of the deathly hallows interesting yeah it kind of like yeah just like in the, the way actual that, deathly like, story like the three brothers the devil yeah know? okay yeah. yeah definitely like that Right, but y'all just heard me tell that story that maybe took me 30 seconds, right? So the actual, the one that they did was 42 minutes long and it was so much longer than it needed to be. Oh my fucking God. So bored. This one was also very much the, this is the 60s yeah. and we're, this was the Italian one. And it definitely feels like that. Like, we're going to show you the Italian catwalk and look how crazy we can be and all these vibrant colors and all of this yeah. stuff. Basically, it took the story that I gave you and it drew it out to 42 minutes where we see this man is a movie star. He goes to Italy where he's going to do a new part, which he basically only did because he wanted the fr- the Ferrari that they were going to give him. He ends up going to an award show, which that was so fucking long and you did not need to see it. It was so pointless where he's just getting drunker and drunker. He makes a fool out of himself. He takes his Ferrari out and starts racing it through the streets of Mm -hmm. Rome. The streets of Rome are so fucking tiny and they have dead ends everywhere and he's racing a Ferrari through it. Okay, he's going to kill someone. Whatever. He doesn't kill anybody, but he ends up coming to a bridge that is broken and he can't get across but he does see the devil on the other side and she's basically she's this little girl who's been playing with this like cloudy white ball this whole time and she's very creepy dude she's the creepiest part of this whole movie in my opinion does she get these little like shots of her just like kind of like looking at the camera like these side angles and it's like the creepiest part of the whole movie in my opinion totally agree she has been following him basically this whole time every he'll he even tells people i've seen the devil she's uh, looks like a little girl and he sees the devil once again and she kind of basically entices him hey come on you can jump this thing you can come over to me and he's like okay i'm gonna fucking try to jump this thing and he tries to jump it and there is actually a power line that cuts his head off and then she takes his head and that's the end ta-da ta-da 
And that is the end of the 1960s. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. You know, I'm all for, like, anthology films. You know, like, the biggest one, and we've had anthology. We just had one in the first half of the 1960s, which was the better one. (laughs) And um, long, but better. And I... (sighs) It's hard for me to get into, like, the mood to watch anthology films. Because, like, you know, Trick or Treat yeah. you get into the mood for because that's, like, all about Halloween. Like, it's easy to get in the mood on Halloween to watch an anthology right. film all about Halloween. These are a little bit harder. But, like, for, okay, the theme is Edgar Allan Poe short stories. Okay. But, like, this just didn't hit, I don't think. And it doesn't even have to do with the fact that it was in the 60s. Because, like, I'm all about, like, I'll rave all day, every day about films from the 20s through now. Like, that's Mm -hmm. we've shown that, you know, that doesn't have anything to do with it. It's just, like, and I also love that they, it was multicultural, like, different countries, Mm -hmm. you know. I agree. Brought in their own takes. It was just, like, the, it just didn't hit, like, for me like the french one did i guess more so than the other ones but eh, like just didn't really do it in my opinion for you know totally agree honestly this whole 1960s part two was just not great but yeah we get to move on to the 70s which i'm so excited right. about yeah and it wasn't like awful it just it just like lackluster it felt like you yeah know, when I look at exactly when, when i look at each individual film i'm like oh that wasn't that bad but then for some reason when i think of it all as a whole i'm like eh. you know what i mean like no i totally get what you're saying like yeah. Uh, Dracula Prince of Darkness I don't feel like that wasted my time that was pretty good the sorcerers I think they could definitely update it yeah but the idea was really good Rosemary's Baby's amazing yeah but yeah for some reason Repulsion and Spirits of the Dead just bring this down for me yeah I agree and like I said Repulsion it's just like well don't fucking be a a rapist and like invade a <laughs> personal space and she will kill God you. forbid I know like how to like don't make a woman feel threatened and maybe she won't like kill you i don't know like exactly it doesn't seem you know so i mean overall it wasn't like an awesome you know second half of the decade in my opinion but there were some things that were pretty good and obviously these are on the top tier of the year for each of these years so they obviously all have merit so yeah you should check them out but you know Agreed. But now that I'm thinking about it, isn't Night of the Living Dead 1969? How did that not beat out Spirits of the Dead? Probably because it's pretentious. Fuck. Dumb. That's fucking dumb. I mean, uh, you know, I think that (sighs) Night of the Living Dead is just... I mean, I can can look. Okay, so let's look at the Rotten Tomatoes score for... Because this is based on Rotten Tomatoes, so... Night of the Living Dead. Okay, Night of of the Living Dead is 1968. That's why. Hmm. Rosemary's okay, baby. and Rosemary's Baby. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. Okay. So, Night of the Living Dead has a nineteen, uh, ninety-seven on Rotten Tomatoes, and Rosemary's Baby, I think, has a ninety-nine or a ninety-eight. Got it. Okay. Or a, uh, yeah. Oh, so th- they go back and forth between ninety-six and ninety-eight. So the, the Rotten Tomatoes is also fluid. So if a critic goes on there and get you know yeah, updated, it's true. So, but these are also all highly regarded films. So you know. Do it, do it. right exactly and we're going by the list that we already curated so that makes sense 
Yeah. So that's that for the 60s. And we get to move on to the 70s. And there's some fun stuff coming up. I'm so excited. I know. Like, this has been fun. All of this has been fun, you know. But the 70s, we really get into some good slasher territory. I've been waiting to get to the 70s. Like, we've done some slashers, obviously. We've had Psycho. and But we get to, to some slashers, you know. And I think you all know what we're talking about. You know, oh my god, it's gonna be so good. Oh my god. I'm like looking, I'm literally like looking at my phone right now and I'm like <sighs> Wow. If you guys haven't followed us through any of the rest of these, I get it, but maybe follow us through the seventies. That could be fun. You know, I'm looking and I'm like, wow, I can't believe there are some that are not on here though. Like I'm glad yeah. there's one that's not on here specifically. I'm like, oh thank God. Thank God. <laughs> But wow, I'm surprised that some mm-hmm. didn't make it on here. Ooh, it'll be a surprise. I think you guys will be really surprised at some of the stuff that didn't make it onto the list for the 70s because some of you guys are like, oh, I know that's going to be on there. You're wrong. There's two <laughs> There's two movies that you guys are going to be like, oh, we have to listen to a review of that. You're fucking wrong. I, I, you're wrong. It's, they're not on there. <laughs> you're so, wrong. We'll see you for the 1970s part one. You know where to find us on all of our social medias. And if you want to become a patron, thank you to our newer patrons. We've gotten some upticks in those. Thank you very much. I know that over the past couple months with, you know, quarantine and everything, I didn't think that we'd see any new patrons, but we did over the last couple months. Yeah. So thank you guys. We appreciate that. $1, $5 tier. It don't matter to us. Thank you for the support. It means a lot to us. Patreon.com slash the extra sisters podcast. If you want to head over to that and join our little Patreon family, we got some cute stuff going on over there. So head over and check it out until next time. Stay creepy.